Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Welcome to yeah, again to Scott and Paul's Ramblin Podcast. Yo. You've got me, Scott McLeod, the brain, and who always will be the brain, especially after next week's show. Until the competition is done, you weasel. And I'm joined, as always, by the weasel, Paul Brown. By whatever cheerful me. Yes, I know. He's not happy to be called the weasel. Eventually, he'll get used to it. Come on, Scott, admit it. I'm not happy in general. Well, no, but being called the weasel doesn't help, I imagine. No, it does not help. I may, I may have to kill you. Speaking of next week's competition, I was thinking of uh, upping the ante a wee bit from last time. Instead of last time we had 10 questions, well at least I had 10 questions, you had like 7. Yeah, and you hated mine because they were pernickety. <laughs> because they were from like some home video. Like I'm very tempted this time to just ask you a bunch of NXT questions because I know you'll not get that. I could easily do, have done that, but I'm not a you dick. You could do that, but I asked you questions based on the knowledge that I know. It's not my I asked you questions based on the knowledge I know, and you clearly didn't. I clearly know more than you did. Yeah, you know a lot of new nonsense. I asked you stuff from, like, 95. That is not new. You asked me pointless stuff from 95. Your quest, your questions were wrong. Your, your questions were flawed. That's why I lost. No, you lost because I knew more than you. Anyway, <laughs> the point is... I wanted to help from instead of ten questions and one bonus question as well last time. If you get so I'll recommend you focus this week on forgetting the number of questions. I think of increasing the number of questions to maybe either twelve or even fifteen to truly see who knows knows the stuff. Yeah. And okay, I will put my knowledge on the line. I will be putting as a prize and you have to put something in too, by the way. Oh, no. I'll be putting oh, in... Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't agree to put something in. I'm just asking you, do you want to up to you? Empire Biscuits were the call last time. Oh, yeah. But anyway, can I say... I'm asking you 12 questions or 15 questions first to answer that question. 15. 15. Oh, 15 good. questions. Fine. And the winner, I will be putting in a four-pack of cider as my bit for this. Would you, would you match me on that? The winner gets eight cans of cider. Okay, winner takes all. Winner takes all. Oh, you actually remember to bring the cans of cider? I will remember it's, to bring them. Probably will still be full by the time the competition is done. Is a is another matter. <laughs> I mean, I know this, but we were doing Empire uh, Empire Biscuit each, and the winner would take all last time. Paul forgot to bring his Empire Biscuit, which was annoying because I had the plan to do a strip at Chris Jericho like thing, holding up two biscuits at the same time, like when Chris Jericho did was the undisputed champion, but I didn't get to do that, did, did I? Did I not purchase you a biscuit, though? I did. Yes, I know. Like a week later. You still got your biscuit, you big baby. Yes, but it should have been then. Yeah, you should have been able to do your Chris Jericho biscuit double titles thing, but you didn't. And. <laughs> um. Well, well, great next week gave me a thing. What's this, what's this called again? That's HCC Dark Fruit Cider. It's very cheap. Yes. But please don't, get, please don't get me that kind of cider next week. It's good, but I'd rather like Copperberg or something like that. Yeah, well, Copperberg isn't a pound, is it? Thanks. Do you want to go the cheap option? Okay. I'm sorry, that's made me sound like such a dick. 
you you did sound like a dick there, but you know what? I have a good I have a good feeling that I may lose. So I'm not going to spend a lot of money on cider when I know I'm going to lose. You should have more self confidence in yourself. And more to the point, if I do win, I've only spent four quid. So either way, I win. <laughs> you should have more confidence in yourself, Paul. I do. I'm confident that I won't spend a lot of money in losing. Okay then, 15 questions, and I've already been think- writing questions down, and I have a feeling you're not going to get certain ones, especially, especially if I don't win. So what happens if we both fuck up? Well then we'll both have to think about that. I mean, we'll both have to think of an extra question to ask as a sort of tiebreaker. Tiebreak question? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. A, a little bit of, like, it showed that we neither of us knew either one's question. Like, we both got, like, three each out of 15. I'm going to give Cause you we, so cause much. Because we, we both asked each other, like, such irrelevant things. I'm going to give you so much historically irrelevant wrestling nonsense like your head's going to explode. All right, then. So, study. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I don't know what I'm going to be asked. Well, I'm going to study everything I can find that you could possibly ask me, so study. Well, I, I ain't losing this time. I have a feeling all your stuff is going to be like old school WWF shit, and I don't, I don't know where to, I wouldn't know where to begin with that. Yeah, I know. Like you asked me about stuff about some fucking home video thing that I don't even have last time. You didn't do your research, just like I did not do my research last time. Really fucking not. Yeah. And more of the point, I didn't get as pissy as you about the questions. You get seriously pissy about the berserker. Oh, fuck the berserker. <laughs> you get pissy about John Nord. Fuck John Nord. Fuck the berserker. <laughs> See? You also, got all pissy. Also, also, I was off by one in one question, and you pettily did not give me the point for that. I can't remember the question right now, but... Maybe been, it may have been all the gimmicks of childhood, but, right? Was it all? No, no, no. The question that I did not give you a point for, for was the dates of one of the in your houses because it was on two dates. Oh, Because well. there was a power outage during said in your house. No, I'm pretty sure, no. I got, I did the child right. There was a child right. One thing where I said karma, but I didn't also say karma missed. No, you or, didn't say Papa Shango. No, I said Papa Shango. I said karma missed. I didn't say karma the fight machine or whatever it was. And you still and you didn't give me the point because of that because you're fucking petty. Yes, yes I am. God, you're an ass. <laughs> Another Sunday quiz. Yes, that'll come next week, and we will decide then who's the brain, who's the weasel. You see, you see how petty and childish we both are, listeners. Yep. And impressions gonna be great next week. To, to all our listeners, I am slowly becoming more drunk as we go on. So yeah. let's let's continue. Yes, he's trying to seem refined, ringing a Merlot. <laughs> I like Merlot. It's the it's the way Paul likes to the show and has he can drink and smoke as much as he wants. Yes, without any repercussions apart from being drunk. Yeah. But I don't consider that a repercussion. Well, and we were working a uh and, and more to the point, it's my pick for a song this week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we were we're gonna do a you know, a double freezer review we're gonna do next week's episode this week is uh so do next week, so we can jump. We can next week we can do our introductions and jump straight into the quiz. But uh, first, Paul, how are you this week? I am pretty good. I am pretty good. Um, my my boyfriend has got his offer of a. He's getting his work transfer such um, put in 
<laughs> he'll be able to move up soon, so that's good. I, he got me a lovely ring. Mm-hmm. Lovely. You can see it, it's lovely. It, lovely. it, it glints fantastically in the sunlight. <laughs> Love that. Um, what else? What else? I, I don't know, but I've had I've had a reasonably good week. <laughs> I, I did have a little freak out this morning because someone sent me a nasty letter. But yes, I know. I think I think Jeff came just as you got the letter of the day, and you were you were not happy. No, I was not a happy me. We had to sit down, watch some Fraser, and have some Merlot to. Well, you had Merlot to calm down. Where is my Merlot? So I, next I've day. had almost half a bottle. I must excuse myself, but I, I believe I may have to. Yeah. Oh. oh, no, I didn't have to rift him. Okay. All right. But, um, how is your week then? Well, I told you some things, some not so positive things off. But you, you like... bought your unconditional offer. Yeah. Because yeah, so you bought your thing. Yes, yeah, so I was going to get to that. So you some not so other things that I don't feel I should trouble listeners with at this time. But uh, yes, I got my higher national diploma or HND for college. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's, it warrants a woot woot. The crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, where was I? I've got lost. You should do that, by the way, when you go in for your HND. Turn up in a robe and go woo. <laughs> All right, there's gonna be it's gonna be a graduation on the uh, but not till like the first of November. There's gonna be a graduation, but that's on the first of November. Yeah, I got my HND certificate through the other day, and I was very happy with that. And then my condition for my uh, uni course, which won't start till six September, uh, was the condition was get your HND, and I got it. And uh, yeah, I got an email the other day saying my offer had been changed to an unconditional, so. Looks like my place is all secured. Can I do it once more? There you go. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. <laughs> we did it together. Yeah. And uh, whoop, whoop. I've got an interview for a potential job with Friday at 2 o'clock, so I'll let you know next week how that goes. I was unsuccessful with a job application yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I applied to be a, a stockroom assistant in Argos. I think, you're, I, I think you're more suited to a sort room, not less people to deal with. Well, I, I failed because of that little thing you do. You know when you apply for a job... What, speak, what, speaking to people? No, 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 <laughs> you dick. No, you know that little thing you do when you apply for a job online and then it asks you to go through a list of scenarios. Oh, yeah. And you're supposed to gauge your... And you're... And they weren't happy with you saying you would tell them to fuck off? No, 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 it's like... It's, <laughs> I'll give you an example, right? It's like... When, when you're working at a till... And someone wants a refund or some shit or something. Yeah. And it gives you a list of variable options, like yeah, that's gonna be really annoying. Actually. And it says like, how helpful is it going to be? Negative or positive? And like you have to pick between one and five. Mm-hmm. And you're like, when you look at these things, you're always like, eh, well, yeah, it could be helpful, but probably not going to be helpful. Yeah. And you always try and answer it sensibly, but unfortunately, I was, mm-hmm. I was unsuccessful. But. It did not. It did not dampen my resolve. I will. I will be applying for many more jobs today after we are finished with our task. Yeah, it can be because it's one of those kind of ones where you see what most of what's least old. There can be ones that they can put in there to be, and it's quite obvious that that's the one they kind of want you. But say, you try to find a way to try picking the right option without making like you're just thinking that you're trying to tell them what they want to know. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like, see what you know, you know what I'd be accused of being sick as to try and get the job and that? Yeah, but it was the ones that were, like, 
the questions where it was giving you options, should you ask a manager or what not? Okay. And a lot of the time, in my head, I go, well, no, you shouldn't be asking a manager. You should be dealing with the situation yourself. Uh. You know, you should you should be well enough prepared or equipped to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. But then, you know what, way sometimes when you answer one of those questions and you're a couple of questions in, you go, did I answer that one correctly? Yeah. You kind of second-guess yourself. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are very trying, but... Yeah, I remember when I used to work in Marquis briefly over Christmas a couple of years ago and every time a customer came up to me and they asked me something that I wasn't sure of or I didn't know, I would just play off the oh I'm, no, I'm new here, I would kind of draw them away and refer them to another colleague So you, you didn't freak out and go, I don't know, go away In my head I'm like, oh god I don't know and just like, just play the innocent card most people were very like, understanding when they knew that Occasionally, um, when I was in that situation with previous jobs I would go I'm unsure, but I will find out. Yeah. You always, you always, like the one you did where you go, I'm unsure, but I can find out for you. Mm-hmm. It's, kind, it's kind of like a fobbing them off, but fobbing them off in a most polite way. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice conversation. Yes, we are. Yeah. Watch, I'm sure we've all got programs that you would watch that we know are kind of shit, but we enjoy them anyway. <laughs> and my mum my mom is guilty of watching a lot of shit programs, but and Jake said, oh, you'd be like me when you watch this. And I'm like, it's kind of like Jack and Victor. I prefer my shite to your shite. Mm. She's, 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 no, she's not in any wrestling. She has eyes wrestling occasionally. When she watches programs about fucking midgets and people who are people with multiple lives and all, all this other shit. I, I was watching one of that elk uh, over the past two days about um, Lee's and for any large people who listen to her, listen to her show, I'm not making fun or anything, but I was watching this program about these morbidly overweight people, uh-huh. you know, who are getting the offer of, or who are being told they can have the offer of um, stomach surgery as such. Uh-huh. I, I, I can't remember the incidents, but it removes 90% of their stomach, mm-hmm. you know. But we have, we have to go through this nonsense like losing so much weight. Yeah before we get it, and we need to be in reasonable health to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's watching all the trials and tribulations of these people in there. Sorry, I'm just really hoping that car horn it said didn't. But it did. Damn you, car horn. Yeah. But yeah, I watch a lot of, because I think what you're describing in your mother watches is these uh, reality-type yeah. programs or like, human one, interest. Yeah, there's one she watches, which is, I can't remember what it's called, but the things are about shop that sells wedding dresses to women, specifically to women who are a bit on the larger side. Yeah. Oh, I, I, do, I did feel bad because I think one of the shows you watch is called Curvy Brides is what it's called. And I don't mean to slag anybody's weight or anything. Yeah. I'm not like going to slag appearances. But uh, I looked at the one the woman who appeared on it and I looked at the title and I like, that woman needs to lose like maybe 40-odd pounds to be classed as curvy. Mm. <laughs> but you're like, it's a sort of thing. Like, it's human nature. You, you wouldn't. Obviously, you wouldn't say that to someone or yeah. about someone because it's just—it's not right. But I tell you, the, the two two of the shows that like I, I realise that I've signed my own, but I prefer my seat to your seat. I've I've become into in the last couple of weeks. Oh. There was one show that mum and dad were watching. Me and my brother were a bit of slag it, but when you know, like ten minutes and we ended up sitting doing and watching it. It's called uh, Bride and Prejudiced. Bride, I've heard of it. I've not yeah. watched it. So it's like about couples who are about to get married and whatever reason they're members of their family who don't like the other 
or uncomfortable with them getting together for various reasons. Like there's one a guy who's oh, a guy who's getting married to another guy. His parents are kind of old fashioned. They don't are kind of uncomfortable around a gay wedding, and also considering he used to be married to a woman, he had two children with her. But then uh, was he very closeted? Yeah, them? and then his mum's very concerned. Like she's kind of like she's worried about what people say. <laughs> like we keep pointing, like you're going to be at a gay wedding. Nobody's going to a gay wedding who's going to be a, who doesn't know that they're already gay. So people know what they're going for. Whoever's going there is going to know. I know they were in, everybody who's there was probably invited by the gay couple themselves, so they know what they're in for. Oh, well, on the same vein, like reality type shows, yeah. one that is really popular from what I gather and I watch it, I'm quite a fan, is RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Yeah, you mentioned in the past. Ten seasons in there. Currently filming the 11th, myself and Brian are geared up for it. We love it. But I'll give you an example, and you'll be able to see this. Our listeners won't, right? Uh huh. But an example, right? Well, there. Yeah. That's a guy. And just did makeup. Huh. Just makeup. And he is one of the season six finalists, I think. He is one of my favourites on, on that season, but that is the, we go on and we do our thing and you, it's human interest because you hear their story and we, we go through like all the stages and contests and competition, but very, very good show, you know, we just, we just last week watched the final of season 10 and it was, you know, one of, one of the guys on it, well, the queens on it was, she did a ridiculous thing. You know, you know, we have this habit in the last couple of seasons of doing big reveals and their final lip sync, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, right? And she had been really strong all through the competition, but when it came to the big final lip sync, mm-hmm. and she produced live butterflies from her bra, right? But apart from that, like throwing butterflies, uh-huh. there was nothing. Her lip sync and her moves were pish, and, you, and she was strong with that all through. Well, it can't be easy when you've got five butterflies in your... Yeah, but like I'm saying, there were, like a lot of people, when I've read the comments online and that, a lot of people are saying there was no need for that kind of crap, mm-hmm. you know? Just, she shouldn't have relied on gimmickry and silliness. You <laughs> rely on your God-given talent, mm-hmm. because she has it, and... She didn't. So, like, you're talking about watching these bride programs that everyone always has an opinion when they watch these programs. Like, me and my dad have a couple of shows about watching, like, a while back. We were down in a watching, like, episode, downloading episodes of Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, like, Hotel oh. or Ramsey's Hotel Hell. Didn't didn't a guy who was on that kill himself? Not I heard of it. I heard that a guy where he killed himself because he was so distraught by Ramsey's criticism. <laughs> Yeah, when Ramsey's Hotel, we saw that, but one we've gotten to recently, don't know if you heard of it, Can't Pay Will Take It Away. Heard of it, I don't want to... It's a high court enforcement officer. Yeah, I don't want to watch those kind of programmes. You should, it's fucking brilliant. I don't want to watch them, I feel like maybe I'm victim of it sometimes. Oh, not good, but... Well, then maybe maybe I'll see you on the telly. Apparently, though, it's an English thing, because they're not actually allowed to come into people's... Uh, It's mostly in England... Uh, these are the community people who have debts. And more of the point, if we gave my house, what the fuck are we going to take? Yeah. Really? I, know. I have nothing we can take. Are we going to take my beat up old VCR? Take your exercise bike. Oh god, no! <laughs> oh no, I'll just have to sit here and console myself with my mom. 
Anyway, when the show for those who don't know about high court enforcement officers who kill people who collect debt to collect debts that have been built up over large space period of time that they owe, and that if they yeah, don't pay, clever enough to move away. and they don't pay, then they need to uh, collect take away goods to say they collect they sell to the balance of the debt. Which and if they came to Paul's and they have been the case where they came to people's houses where it doesn't look like they can pay and they look around they realise like even if we tell you like this that and the next thing it's not even going to get close to they also kind of even have to deal with evictions but some some are people who some are people who like maybe just fell down but other people are people who kind of like took advantage like landlords and just refused to pay debt and the landlords are kind of losing money because they're not getting their rent like because landlords a guy who got a, bought a house and his landlord was getting out and then when the guys went in the house Found out the guy who had bought the house that was getting, maybe getting evicted was away, and he had subletted to like six or so other people. Changing. Uh, subletted to six other people and was collecting money off them, but he was getting essentially more. He was getting the money off them weekly. He was essentially getting more money off them than what he was actually paying and rent himself. Mm. So things that he was. Ma- you, which is illegal so to do. He was, he was illegally subletting, which is one of the examples of like people you, you are quite shitty on that. Yeah, so generally, what is it? The landlord in general was a prick. No, no, the landlord, the guy. Oh, the landlord bought, was cool. The guy was. The landlord the guy who bought the house was subletting that illegally. I get you. So the guy he was letting to was a prick, yeah. not the landlord. Yeah. Right, I get it. it sounds a lot like a show I used to watch actually. Mm. The sheriffs are coming. Uh-huh. That was a very that was like um much like your can't pay one day, but it focused on the on the sheriffs themselves uh-huh. and their day to day you know, their work. And like we would go to places and we would like like you say, like go like a lot of the time we'd go to like like say someone who had bought a car or something or something and say like we'd done business with a company or something. Yeah. And the company had done them, or like the product was defective or some shit, and we'd won a high court writ, mm-hmm. but like the debt hadn't been dealt with. Okay. So we shares would go to these places and say, Well, by the way, you owe this person fucking money, mm-hmm. and if you don't buy it, we're taking a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'd, we'd always come up with the most ludicrous excuses, like, Oh, no, I'm, I'm not actually the owner of this. Place. Aye, the, oh, we, get, we get a lot of that, I, I don't ha- I don't have that money and go, well, if you don't have the money, we're taking your shit. And within about five or ten minutes, we would produce a backyard body, a pie party. We get a lot of that one. Yeah. We go, a pie party. And we go, I we pie party, we're still taking half your shit. And they go, all right, all right, I'll pay the rest of it. <laughs> right, the, the where the, if they're going to pay a party, it needs to be at least close to or at least half of what the original debt is, otherwise they can take, uh, and then they then they can work for you. See, on plan. the sheriff thing, they would say, nah, if you pay half it, we're still going to take the rest of it what? for your stuff. So it's plan. There have been a couple where people have been guarantors to other people who, because they've been guarantors and the other people came with debt, because they signed on guarantor, the debt is transferred to the other person. Yeah. Which is unfairly, as a guy who's, who came with, or it was a guarantor for his daughter, and the sheriff came right, and they were getting all upset. The woman, the wife, the wife was getting upset. And the guy went, tried to make contact with his daughter. She couldn't only pick up the phone. It went to her, and they got a phone call. The mum's in tears, saying apparently the daughter just went, "It's your debt. You pay it." Bitch. I know. <laughs> oh, there's one one mental bastard. Who, I love that one mental bastard. Was, he was, he, I can't remember how much he owed, but he was 
he was annoyed at the one there, and he started shouting and bawling. He kept grabbing the guy, he started yelling out, threatening to kill him and kill his family and that. And eventually the police were called. The situation was calmed down. And the guy goes back up to the enforcement officer that he had his hand, again, had his hand raised, so he threatened to kill his family, said sorry, and then he went, it's like we got off on the wrong foot. Like, mate, that's a fucking understatement, mate. You threatened to kill his family, yeah. Uh, just just a, a touch of an understatement. Mm-hmm. Most of the ones when you, when they do the evictions, yeah, most of them when it's been moved to the high court, they don't need require them to give notice. So more for most of them, yeah, when they get when the people come down, it's like, what? Why need to leave the day? <laughs> uh, they don't. Uh, we were moved on much longer than I thought we would. No, twenty five minutes. Oh, we're doing that. It's a good conversation, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving and there was something I wanted to talk about last. I forgot to talk about last week. That I thought of during the week to do with our ruthless aggression here. I think. I mentioned, well, I mentioned uh, Triple H's Reign of Terror, as it was referred to. Triple H's Reign of Terror. We'll, we'll talk about Triple H, like, what if he didn't marry into the McMahons and that? And apparently, like, even though they were ma- on screen marriage from, like, 2000, yeah. they didn't actually start going out, apparently, until 2001, or, like, late 2000 to early 2001, which, sadly, is when when its shyness left. And it's yeah, believed that Joey started going out with Stephanie while he was still with China. He did. Bad man. And apparently they didn't get actually actually didn't get married in real life till like two thousand three. I think he done a lot of bad to China, you know. Yeah. I mean I know I know well I hope it wasn't malicious, but he did do a lot of bad yeah. to that girl. What do you think? I am I am doing something for Facebook. You don't have to worry about it. Alright. And uh, around two, 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 three, yeah. A lot of people talk about that's when Troy started getting a lot more stroke backstage. Yeah. That's around about when he started winning the world title all for a lot, long periods of time. A lot of people keep saying about whether or not Troy would have would have helped would have got to would have got to the position that he eventually got to had he not married in the McMahon family. Yeah. What do you think? Because I've heard a lot of people say eventually he would have got got there. Just probably not as as quick as he did. Yeah, probably. Apparently, Triple H said in an episode of the Austin's of Stone Cold's podcast, he was asked about it. And apparently, when he thought about when he was going to get married to Stephanie, actually, one of the first people he went to was the Undertaker. Yeah. And he talked to him because he he talked to the Undertaker because he was worried about what people would say when they seen that he was married to the boss's daughter. <laughs> and I can't remember what exactly is he told me said. But essentially, in so many words, Undertaker essentially went, "Don't care. You shouldn't care what other people think." Yeah, and we felt like he's right, kind of right. You should. You shouldn't really care what other people think. You really shouldn't. Yeah. If but, he's happy and he's in love, like, yeah. go for it. And also, when you think about it, when you see Triple H now and the position he's in, he has done a lot of good. Areas, like what he's done with NXT. Yeah. What he's trying to do with the UK guys. He is he is a, he is a business yeah. mm-hmm. It's kinda of weird what you see when you, if you if you if you watch Triple H from different decades, like if you started watching the early two thousands you see this guy who apparently kept people down and he did keep people certain people down like Booker T because Booker was meant to win it. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you watch from like ninety five onwards and mm-hmm. see this Connecticut blue blood. Yeah. I was going to say, if you even watch from like 2012, 2013 onwards, you see him as this man in a suit yeah. who brings you all these indie guys to NXT and put Daniel Bryan over. Yeah. So so if you're, if you started watching then, 
He seemed like a slightly nicer guy I than st- Wade. I still remember. He's, he's just suit, he's just angry suit man. Yeah, I still remember part of his promo from when he first debuted, mm-hmm. and he was he was mocking the smoking guns, mm-hmm. and he and his you know how his poncy voice he used uh-huh. to put on, and he was like, which that which which was quickly dropped. So. Yeah, but you remember. The smoking guns. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't wear a car- cowboy hat to a barbecue. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, do you know when he quickly started to drop that? See when he began his feud with Henry Godwin? Way back when, right? When Henry Godwin was still wrestling on as a singles wrestler before he formed Godwin's. And then subsequently suffered injustice because he went, went and came back to wrestling with his dodgy neck and couldn't wrestle anymore. Yeah. So we had to we had to pal about with double J, you know. But any any great, <laughs> ain't that great? Oh, that's it. He's gonna be at shows. Yeah, I see. Two, make two as the you know. I seen. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. It's just a lovely anecdote. I I never liked him when he was. I mean, see when he was having this feud with fucking Razor Ramon. Scott Hall, mm-hmm. and he did that really dicky thing, man. Like that one where, where Razor beat him in the Intercontinental title match, mm-hmm. and he beat him, right? And it was he beat him because the roadie, mm-hmm. road dog, uh. had chop walked him <laughs> and fucked his knee, and he won the match on a technicality on a count out, right? And Jeff Jarrett was like, Oh, Razor, you gonna be yellow? You're going to be like a child, you're going to be yellow. <laughs> and he, he coaxes him back in and then brutalizes his knee and then puts him in the figure four. Yeah, so Stone Cold, at one point they were talking about Stone Cold, shooting me Jeff in like 99. Yeah. And Stone Cold essentially went, nah. <laughs> like, nah, I'm not doing that. There's kind of mixed reasons given for why. One being that he just didn't think Jarrett was a main event guy, which he kind of wasn't. But apparently, supposedly, back, uh, Austin used to work for... Uh, Jerry Jerry Jarrett's territory yeah. broken, and uh, apparently he wasn't uh, paid as well as he was supposed to have been, and if and uh, Jarrett Jeff being the promoter, someone's kind of paid was more towards the main event, mm-hmm. and essentially Jarrett just like was kind of pathetic towards when some gold when he complained about it. Yeah. So let's talk that he apparently still held a grudge from then. Yeah, you know I. I've seen that so much in the history of wrestling, wrestlers that hold a grudge and do or do not do things that are, that can either be beneficial or detrimental to their career. And in case in point, you mentioned Austin, his little pissy fit about putting over Brock Lesnar. Well, it wasn't that fact that, I think more so the fact it was a Kevin qualifying match on TV Yeah, it went like 10 minutes, which I, mean, I get his point then. I do get but if you really break it down and think about it, Austin was at the latter stage of his career when wouldn't have been had it not been for his neck issues, but was at the latter stage of his career that he could physically keep going. Lesnar was a fresh face, big guy. It wouldn't have been out of the realms of possibility for him to lose to that guy. Yeah. And it would have been a hell of a marker for a guy like Lesnar at the time to be put over by the man. I mean think about he was one of the few guys that never that didn't put Lesnar over because he beat Flair, he beat Hogan, he beat The Rock, he beat Undertaker. He destroyed Hogan. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only time I've ever seen Hogan look like a bitch. I think so. You know, I mean, he, when have you ever seen a bear hug produce blood? <laughs> From a guy's mouth, you know uh-huh. I mean? That was like, that was a legit thing. Like, oh my God, he's destroyed Hogan. 
Mm-hmm. And that thing where he would he took Hogan's blood and smeared right. it across his own chest, he was like you know, that was signifying that he was the man. I mean what listen to a lot of uh of the Attitude Era podcast. Uh, it's a very good podcast, but they talked about apparently the difference between Austin and Rock. Apparently Austin was actually completely more cautious about his spot, whereas Rock really wasn't bothered, like, you want me to fight this guy? All right, I'll do it. What was the difference between The Rock and Austin? Austin Rock's legs were ganglion. <laughs> the Rock wasn't, wasn't as, like, worried or as paranoid about his spot. Uh, Austin was Austin was fighting to lose to certain people, where, like, Austin... You mean The Rock was fighting to lose uh, to some people? Uh, uh, that's what I meant. But, uh, but, like, the time when Foley won the title at SummerSlam 99, only to lose it the next night to Triple H, it was only because Stone Cold didn't want to lose the, the title Triple H because of, I think, stuff to do with the click and that. Yeah. Which kind of didn't help Mick Foley. So it more so did damage to Mick Foley than anything else. Didn't, didn't, hadn't, and I'm just curious because you probably know a little bit more about this time period than I do. Uh-huh. Didn't the click mildly lose its influence when Sean departed? Yeah. Because Sean was like the whole. Sean was like in Vince's back pocket for most of the time, because because he was so willing to do whatever Vince said. I think I think it was a lot of ones when Paul and Nash and all that, and then Six Pop and Tom Waltman left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was mostly Sean and Sean and Triple H. One, two, three, kid. Yeah, and then like you said, I think Sean left. Yeah. I mean, Sean, let's face it, Sean was a conniving <laughs> company man. And you think about Triple H, though, so Stone Cold was mostly in May event views, whereas, like I said, was fine at work with He was fine at work with Bulldog or with the, uh, Billy Gunn, even though at that point neither of them were on the same level as him. Bulldog was... Bulldog was... See, for the minute Bulldog lost the Intercontinental title, mm-hmm. he went... Slowly but surely went. No one cared. You know what I mean? Yes, he had a couple of like world title matches, but we knew he wasn't going to win them. Like, had that belt been held by anyone other than Sean, mm-hmm. he may have won them. Like, but no way was Bulldog ever going to win a title like, against Sean. Was he even meant to win the Intercontinental title with me? It was going to be, one of them was in London, it was maybe somewhere in the US, and if it had been, it was going to be Sean v. Brett. But Sean won it anyway. And, and because, but because it was in the UK, I think it was Brett that said, like, well, what if what if we had Davey, the hometown guy, yeah. do it? And since like, yeah, we should do that, because I, I love, he, he, saw, he saw the opportunity to. I totally love that. Brett spent most of his career after he retired bitching and whining about how Sean always said, well, Oh, we should do it this way, and Vince listening to him. Whereas Brett did the same fucking thing. He didn't lose it to Sean. He went, oh, let's have Davey win it. You know? Mm-hmm. And Vince, you know, and we all know how easily Vince could be swayed to a good yeah. idea. Like I saw him, it's like, you could see it as, build it as the homecoming. Yeah. Like, kind of like how they built, like, one night only around. How long dog. did they hold it? I think you I think, oh. I don't know. Not very Pretty sure, like, Well, Sean and Brett fought as a fire season. Sean was IC champion then, so, like, maybe two months at best. Yeah. We held it for maybe a month now when Sean held the world title when he came back. Yeah. 
you know, and the only significant things that happened to Bulldog subsequently was winning the European title. Yeah, first ever European champion. And the first and only time the European title was ever a main event match. One night only. Uh-huh. When he when he when he lost it in a most fucked up fashion to Sean. Mm-hmm. I st- and I know I'm sick, but I still laugh whenever I watch that match when uh Sean has Bulldog in the figure four, stretching his bad knee and Triple H is leaning over him with the microphone going, Scream for your country, Bulldog, scream for your country <laughs> It still confuses me the fact that they that, like the heart Foundation like didn't only only came out after the match. Yeah, or I thought they would have come out by the point that Sean took Bulldog's knee brace uh, and waved it at his cancer-stricken sister and his wife and went, "Diana, my darling, this one is for you." And threw it to her. And she's like, "Yeah, bastard!" Uh, <laughs> and then jumps in the ring with pissy wee cornels and pulls at his eyes to get him off her husband, who she subsequently dumped for being a druggy idiot. Mm-hmm. He's not a drug either because it because he got injured because ultimate warrior felt he needed to have a trap door and nobody yeah, helped nobody yeah. helped Davy. He he bashed his back on. Yeah, he, got, he took a, he took a slam the farther end, but didn't realize it was a bit under the mat. Charged his back. Had the trap door and then nobody helped Bulldog. Yeah, with him being addicted to painkillers. Yep, and he had subs- he had in the past been addicted to steroids and such. <laughs> he had a lot of chemicals in him. He just looked horrible when he came back because you could clearly tell he was on the, the steroids. And what, did he bring him back up to bulk? And when, he, when, he, when he came back in like 99. You talking when he was going through his denim phase? Yeah. yeah. God, he, he did look kind of shit, man. Mm-hmm. The, the thing you could tell, was, like, I mean, he always had kind of a fat face. Mm-hmm. But when he came back, like you say, in late 99, he was so puffy looking, like bloated. Mm-hmm. You know? And he always looked pissed off. You know? Yeah. It's like when you see him through his like sort of first run and then his second run in the Heart Foundation, he always had that kind of cheeky chappy look about him, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm gonna win because I'm the bulldog and I'm bizarre <laughs> you know. But he always seemed like a cheeky chappy type, you know? And then he came back and he just looked bloated and angry. Uh yeah. Uh we went back to Triple H where we originally were. I don't know how how we got um, to where we were. <laughs> We we trailed off. A rambling podcast, exactly what it says on the tin. We're doing good today. Yeah. Ramble, ramble. <laughs> uh, I was I was listening to another podcast, and I'm plugging a lot of other podcasts here. Uh, it's a program done by Kev, the guy Kevin Matt, who also does the other podcast yeah. show called How to Wrestling. With uh, his girlfriend, who was is very new to wrestling, <laughs> very new to wrestling. So essentially, yeah, this is kind of an introductory podcast where they do like. Full episodes on like particular super wrestlers, yeah, or like particular match sites or whatever. But, like, did one on did one like how to cane, and they also did the main they about the same point up in a four hour episode. They did one thing called how to Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but they brought, uh, but they brought up the fact that uh, all uh, Kane of Vic thing, which of late came like not long before Vince uh, Triple H married Stephanie. And they were. They had a series. Was this maybe a test by Vince McMahon to see if Triple H was man enough for his daughter? Like, if you can go through the storyline and try and make something of it, and you're worthy of marrying my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Which me think about it from what I've heard about Vince. It's probably not without without. What? Linda McMahon knew about Shane and uh, knew about uh, Triple H and Stephanie 
little bit before Vince did, though, didn't he? Didn't she? I think I think so. I think Stephanie first uh, mentioned it. Oh, her. Stephanie hadn't mentioned. I think I watched on Triple H's documentary. Oh yeah, I seen that. And Linda was like, they weren't saying anything. But yeah, uh, she did. What do you mean? I think I think it was her that kind of smoothed the yeah. the way. Mm. But then they also mentioned the how two games are like, yeah, this is always when we're always thinking, like, oh, it's quite embarrassing for Kane. Like, it's considered a black mark in Kane's career, but then people don't, people don't mention, like, Triple H was the one in the coffin yeah, pretending. Like, and why is, why is it not met, brought up as a black mark in his career when people talk about it? Which I think, like. Because there can't be any black marks on Triple H's career. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that's ever mentioned as a black mark on his career is the curtain call. Yeah, you know he was he, he was thrown to the wolves, as it were. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Sean felt bad about that? Like, really, probably. at the time, probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was his idea because he, he he popped his head in Vince's office and asked to do the thing, and uh, I think Vince apparently wasn't listening. He was talking to somebody else, and he went, he just went, what? Uh, yeah, okay. Oh. And he think he didn't think it was going to be as it was. And he could definitely tell he started getting slightly more annoyed as it went on, and he could tell there were people backstage who were getting annoyed. He, he could actually tell the trouble H, you're gonna have to learn to like taste the shit. Yeah, I had heard like see before that instant though, Vince was planning a whole program between him and Sean. Because yeah, Vince trouble is going to win the '96 King of the Ring. Yeah, they had to get to Austin. Then trouble would eventually win King of the Ring, but shortly after that, when he and Sean became DX, so they couldn't do the feud. Can you imagine what would have happened if the curtain call hadn't happened? We would never have had the Austin 316. Uh-huh. And we might not have had DX if Sean and Triple H had went into their feud. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have had a, probably a year-long feud between two pretty boys. Probably. <coughs> yeah. I st- like I say, when you're talking of feuds and Sean Michaels era feuds, I still would have loved to have seen a feud between Sean and Goldust at his peak. Mm-hmm. Because you know how like Goldust at his peak had that whole creepy vibe going on? What better than the creepy Goldust feuding with a sexy boy, Shawn Michaels? You know, supposedly Shawn Michaels were shocked at one point before he left for Hollywood that The Rock was going to come back first in the 21 and have a match with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, but The Rock hates him. Does he? So I've heard anyway. So apparently uh, Shawn made some derogatory comment long ago about a member of The Rock's family. And that's why you've never seen a match between Sean and Rock. Because mm-hmm. The Rock point blank refuses to wrestle with him. He doesn't care that he's some born again bobag again. <laughs> or never did care that he was some born again fucknut. Mm-hmm. And you realise I use derogatory terms when I mention people who are born again. Yes. Because are they fuck? Mm-hmm. We're just talking out of we're born again answers. It's a fair honest. Uh, moving on before I get into a rant about religion. Yeah. <laughs> Wise choice. Wise before choice. we get into the freezer, I want to talk about quickly uh, this past week on WWE. I only watched, actually only watched last week's Raw yesterday. Which just to show how pretty much I never saw this story. But looking at Extreme Rules, Extreme Rules is trying to look a bit interesting. Especially after what happened on SmackDown last week. I can't believe what Braun Strowman did to Kevin Owens' car. <laughs> That was not nice. You should have seen what apparently he did to them this week. Apparently he, he, he trapped them in a port and shoved it off the stage. But 
Kevin Owens is just trying to be his friend. <laughs> you see why I'm on track, do you know? Buzz and Brother is beating up Daniel Bryan. My brother told me, stay off like, on social media. Something will happen that you like, that you're going to like. So don't want you to get it spoiling. I assumed because Jeff Hardy had a US Open challenge. Yeah. I assumed it was something to do with that. And it wasn't, wasn't, it was just Eric Young from Sanity that answered, but it wasn't it. And then he got beat, Brian's getting beat up. And then what happens? The pyro goes off. Well, not pyro, like, yeah. Oh, red lights. Oh, no. Kane comes back. I just sat in my chair, like, yes. Okay. Who has noticeably lost quite a bit of weight, actually. Have we reformed Team Hell No? Seemingly, yeah. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, I like Team Hell No. Look. We both work so much better without that faggy team. I think they were really good together. No, I mean, Daniel Bryan and our team. I mean, I don't like Daniel Bryan at the best of times. He's a bit of a fucking loser. And Kane's a fat old deadbeat now. Oh, I guess they lost quite a bit of weight, as I was about to say before you interrupted. I've seen the picture of him. He still has a paunch. Well, he's 50 years old, bro. Triple H is near 50. He don't have a paunch. Yeah, well. Triple H doesn't have to run for mayor. Does Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, still class himself as a professional wrestler? Yes, he does. In which case, he should still be in peak physical condition. He should not have a fucking punch. I will not hear a negative word said against Kane. <laughs> I will not have a negative word said against 97-98 Kane. Or original bowling creepy burning people Kane. Kane now with his flabby tits and punch, I will have a negative word against. Oh, fuck you. You know how much I love Kane. I know, which is why it causes me such pain to make a negative comment on Kane. Why don't you keep it to yourself? Because I need to waken you up. No. Never. Never. I won't have it said. Well, he's in better shape than he was before he... Yes, he was, took... was in the triple threat earlier this year. And plus, he's not a tag match. He doesn't have to do all the work. Yes, he's took some of the bulk out of the pouch. I'm sorry, but he's got. You want me to smash that ball of Merlot against your head? Because I will. Is it because I'm saying nasty things about your favourite? Yes. I'm sorry. You can you can call Sean all the Jesusy freaks that you want, but I consider him dead. If I, if I took shots at gold dust, now you'd fucking kill me. I probably would. Yes. yes. That man never got a fair shake. See, I'm not going to go there. I could have done some very nasty things, but you know why? I'm not a prick. I am a good friend. I am a good friend too, that is why I'm trying to help you. You're not helping me, you're hurting me. I'm sorry. Kane is awesome, he's a big red machine, he's a four-time champion? Three. Three? Eight. I thought four. Oh, three. three time, one time, one week, one day, sorry. Yeah, I know, one day. ECW champion, World Heavyweight champion. Is that it? Yeah. Well, isn't it a good thing that I thought it was worth more than that? And I thought he had a four, an equal four. Yeah, it might have if he won the Universal title, which would would have been cool because the big red machine with the big red belt. He did hold. See, when he held the world title, he did hold it for a while, though, didn't he? Yeah. he did have it for a while. Yeah, because he won mine back, and then he then he held it for quite. A, he won it for, held it from like June, July to December. Yeah, because he did, he held it and he had quite a big feud with Edge Aye. as well, didn't he? Aye. Did he have a feud with Taker during Aye. that period? He fought, gave Mysterio, as you mentioned, some of them, Taker returned, they feuded for a few months. Did he retain on these times? Aye, he was yeah. And then he, he retained against Edge by DQ to survive, so he's in the, the big TLC match. Yeah, and he lost it. I think I said that. Yeah. 
Have Edge, Edge has won titles from both, yes, like on screen brothers, yeah, because he won he, he won the title from Undertaker as well. Yeah. Thanks to like thanks to the Edge Heads and Edge Heads and <laughs> uh, uh, Vicky, mm-hmm. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, anyway, the way is Team Hell No are back and Page Arms. It's going to be the Team Hell No versus the Bludgeon Brothers oh. Extreme Rules for SmackDown tag team titles. I'm so and. I will I will shake your hand and I will say sorry right now because you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But see if those that beardy cunt and that fat bastard beat the Bludgeon Brothers, I'm going to lose my shit. Just like if... I'd be happier if the B team beat the Deleters of Worlds. And they've got Bray Wyatt in them as yeah, well. Yeah, that's how much against I am Team Hell No winning any kind of title. Individually, Yes. As a team, they can fuck right off. I'm sorry. Thank you for joining us, folks. This podcast is over. <laughs> He's back, people. He's back. I hate you. Look, fuck the two of them. Fuck you. Fuck Bray Wyatt. Fuck God, that's well on it. Yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? Not really. <laughs> God, that's his old. And he never got... Bray Wyatt is fat. That is... That is king. At least Bray Wyatt's bulk looks like muscle. He's like a fat old freak in a singlet. Because he is... He's 50. He's allowed to have a bit of podge. What is Triple H? He's in his mid to late 40s and he has ripped like a brick wall. Yeah, Triple H. He feels like more need to wrestle more regularly than Kane does. Plus, Phil H feels need to always have his matches go like 20 odd minutes, so he needs to look, you know. Apparently, he's like a fucking workout freak as well. Uh-huh. He, he never stops. And, you know, I was so surprised that Triple H, to this day, is a complete teetotaler. Yeah. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't. He, he has no bad habits. I do not trust a person that has not one redeemable vice. But saying that, I suppose, working out is his vice. Probably, that's why. Why is it because he doesn't drink? Yeah, I drink, but I don't have pumps because I don't eat. <laughs> I don't. God, you're an asshole. But you can't not like me. Totally enough. <laughs> that's a pain, isn't it? I hope Keenan and Daniel really went, and I'm going to laugh right in your face. Why? Because. Look, the blood- because it's Kane. The Bludgeon Brothers are going to fucking destroy that fat old bastard in the mask of his beardy friend. Well, you know where you're going, and I'm going to laugh right in your face. Ha, 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 ha. Are you going to, are you going to laugh like Matt Hardy? Are you going to... Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did laugh, like, not last, I assume not last week, but the previous week. When the when uh, Curtis Axel oh they did it, they did it last week as well oh Curtis Axel beat Matt Hardy and he's like the effort you showed and that questionable victory was wonderful oh, also also they've seen the parodies they did of them yeah with the little uh, I love how the bowl it was bowl that had the imitated brain he's, he's well he looked like he looked exactly like his fucking brother and he sounded like him. did you not notice though. A little in-joke there. Well, you remember when Bray first appeared, he had a habit of wearing Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. And the little hat was a Hawaiian yeah. hat. 
you know, I'll probably read, read the pause and there's just a bullet line and then just pause like, and they do a pause like, and it's just, and the camera just stays on them like, let's go down. <laughs> I have a little possible theory I have in my head that I noticed about Bull. Did you notice that his beard is becoming ever so slightly longer? I know he's had a beard for some time, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's grown it out just a little bit more. I have a feeling that the Deleters of Worlds will not for very long be a tag team. I believe we will end up being a faction. Maybe. And maybe, just maybe, Curtis Axel might get a fair shake. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I feel terrible for that man. Mm-hmm. I do. He is the son of a fucking legend. Maybe you feel bad for now. They're undefeated. The B team are undefeated. <laughs> Don't you feel bad for him? Yeah. He is the son of a bona fide fucking legend. And he's a dud. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an intercontinental champion in the past, and barely anyone remembers that fact that he, he was an intercontinental champion, he was a Paul Heyman guy, mm-hmm. and no one remembers and or cares. I mean, at least people remember that Ball was once... An ex-teacher. No, once Ball, you know... <laughs> Believe! <laughs> and everyone remembers them. Can't believe you beat the truth. But it's okay. Is it creepy that I'm good at that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's getting worked up because people, people say, no, oh, bro, this is not going to be at SummerSlam. Like, he is going to be at SummerSlam. You're being worked, you idiots. No one realizes that. I know. Right, we were saying, oh, reports are a list and not confirmed for SummerSlam. Like, Bart Lesnar has a lot of money. But also, he, I'm pretty sure as much as he likes money now, he likes having more money. Where is he going to fight? I don't know. People think another Roman match, but I hope not. Oh, do you know what? Or maybe another Bobby Lashley match. Maybe a match with Bobby Lashley, because Lashley, well, that's one of the conditions, apparently Lashley, oh, he didn't know the week. Lashley was brought back on, was that he got a fight brought with. That really pissed me off all week. What? Well, see when it was uh, Dolph against Seth, uh-huh. right? And Big, Big Drew came in. Uh-huh. And- you know, helped Dolph kick the shit out of Seth, uh-huh. which pissed me off because I like Seth. Uh-huh. You know, but then that big Diddy came in, uh-huh. and you know, and Drew got his bit in. He went and milky the bastards. <laughs> you know, and dropped on his ass. But you know, all this that happened to Roman. You know, Roman Empire. You know, <laughs> fucking right. Drew stuck the nut in him, and he went oh, and fell against the rope. And Lana has five Superman punches, and Drew is cast from the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, but. He's a Samoan. They have hard heads. Drew is a Scotsman. <laughs> and he is a big fucking Scotsman. And need I point out the fact. It is basically Kevin Nash and Sean. Yeah, everybody's pointing that out. Oh, so I'm not the only one. Yeah, that's been, I've been going since they tuned. Yeah, I mean, for, I, I mentioned that to you when the, when they first happened. He's basically wearing Sean's ring gear. Yeah. This Dolph. The only, do you know what the only difference between Dolph and Sean? Sean had better hair. There's a credit, though, too, Drew, that since he's been with Dolph, I've actually cared more about Dolph than I have in so long. Oh, totally. Also, apparently, they confirmed. I've not wanted to see Dolph in a long match in some time, but they confirmed that it'll be a 30-minute Iron Man match at Extreme Rules between him and Seth, the IC title. Because Iron matches only work with certain people, like Cena Orton for 60 minutes did not work. But, but Dolph, Dolph and Seth, Seth, they have the resilience, they have the, they have the stamina to go that I must long. Say, see before the interference from uh, Drew and yeah. 
Roman. What a match. What a fucking match. No, I wish I wish we'd have finished that match clean. Yeah. Like I don't care. It, like, you know what way sometimes when you watch a match go and you really don't care who the fuck wins it, you just think, my god. Mm-hmm. Like both Dolph and Seth were fucking phenomenal in that match. Yep. I mean, see, <laughs> see when Seth went from the the superplex mm-hmm. into the arrow, mm-hmm. and Dolph's like you thought like even before Drew kicked came in and uh, done the interference, you thought Dolph could have kicked out of that. Uh, because there were so many near falls in that match and fucking any other two competitors in that match would have finished. But my God, it's so rare you see a match of that quality on Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was great. Uh, but, this is going really well. This yeah. It really is. I mean, I haven't talked about Frazier much yet. Yeah. We'll get we'll on to that now, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Dolph. I feel that's going to steal the show extremely well. And I haven't even mentioned that Rusev won a gauntlet match to challenge AJ Styles. Should we do it? Rusev Day. <laughs> uh, I hope he wins. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. Hashtag, hashtag Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy myself one of those shirts, you know. Yeah, I want to buy one too. Take you the calendars, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Bet, yeah. Every day says Rusev Day on it. I want one. I want, that's my two WWE shirts I want. I want a Rusev Day shirt and a Deleters of World shirt. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And if they still sell them, I want a singular Bray shirt. I haven't checked if they sell them. I don't know if they do. But... I will find it on eBay. And I will be happy. Shall we talk about Fraser now? Yes. Yes, we should. Right. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we start with we're doing it like I said we're doing a double double review. So uh we're doing season one, episode six. The Crucible. The Crucible, I believe, aired October 21st, 1993. October 21st, 1993, which was three days before my ninth birthday. Hmm? You have to give us this update every time. I do. I do. I am comfortable with the way I am aging, because I look younger than you. (laughs) You do fucking not. (laughs) I do half the time. You do not. Makeup helps. Some of us don't need to use makeup. Wait, before we get started, I finally figured it out. You you recall my comment before we started our podcast of my my God, you're hairy. Yes, and, re- and regard- pop, I'm, I'm wearing shorts because if you're living in Scotland, you know, or you're living anywhere in the UK at the minute, it's fucking Boston outside. So yeah, I'm wearing shorts. And Paul, I'm wearing shorts. Well, you don't go outside. I'm outside. It's fucking warm out there. Yeah. So but, so yeah, I'm wearing shorts and Paul working. And how hairy my legs were. It reminds me of a Futurama episode, and when um we're having one of those round the table discussions, and just out of nowhere, Professor Farnsworth turns around to Fry and goes, "Good Lord, you're ugly." <laughs> you recall that one? No, yeah, I'm also, I, I'm also just talking to somebody. And he just looks at me. Good Lord, you're ugly. Like, <laughs> God, you're hairy. Okay, can we move on? Because I thought we'd be done with the show by now. Yes, we can. 
Right, so I believe it's up for Fraser on the phone anyway, whose wife wants to go on vacation, and I believe that's this episode. That's a sump pump. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he, he's trying to convince the guy to be more cultured. He mentions uh, Martha Patson being that he bought. Oh, you're, 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 you're going a little ahead here. Well, remind me then. Okay, you remember the, the guy calls in. Mm-hmm. He's like, my wife wants to go to Italy, but I think we should buy a sump pump. <laughs> but he mentions Italy, and Fraser's like, ah. Venezia, <laughs> the hills of Toscana. He's like, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> I mean, I mean that doesn't include the wonders of the Vatican package. It costs eighteen eighteen hundred bucks. <laughs> and then, and then Fraser does his best. I, like I went, I still say shit. And he goes, you can see the disdain. He's always like, well then, buy. You should buy. That's some pump. And then he goes to Roz. Like Roz, what exactly is a sump pump? Trust me, if you need one, you'll know. I have no idea what a sump pump is. How could you lie? Then, uh, <laughs> he asked, or that's if he actually meant it when he bought, say he bought the Paxson and he said, yeah, yes, yeah, why? And because the one was on the... He's like, how did you leave one of the world's most pristine neophobics on the line? Well, she called, and I pressed this little button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he ranges there, he takes her to a party, he's holding at his apartment, and then he hangs up the phone, and Ross says, I know you're having a party. That makes two of us. <laughs> so they kind of have to throw something together yeah, at the last. Something together because this artist woman phoned them. Yeah. And he's like, I must show this woman the picture. I must have her there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's talking to Nazi woman. Where's Maris? She's asleep under the coats. Yeah. She, she gets exhausted under the pressure to be interesting. Oh, you, you, it's like, so he brings everyone to the party. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Niles like, Niles, where's Maris? She tires under the pressure to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is actually, if you remember, the first time Rose comes to Fraser's apartment. Yeah. She's, yeah. She does say when she comes in, like, he thinks it's Martha Batson, and then he opens the door and kind of underwhelmed, like, oh, it's you, Ross. It's like, it's like, so, what do you think of my apartment? Well, I did imagine a lot of beige. <laughs> and look. She was at I do love her line, though. Or his line. Like, she takes her coat off, and he's like, Raj, you have a neck. <laughs> she's like, can I get you a drink? And she's like, double bourbon rocks a spillable in glass. And I've got to be honest, I see my, a lot of myself in that one. Why, because you have similar hair? No, I have similar <laughs> drinking habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we have Niles, me being his usual selfer and Daphne in the kitchen. Halfway down the bottle now. Go on. <laughs> so we have Niles in the kitchen with Daphne. Oh, oh. To Crane, were you smelling my hair? Oh, oh, I'm a happily married man. I love my, love my marriage. It was a bit where, you, where Freezer asked earlier, like, why are people not eating? I can't remember what it is, and it turns out because Eddie keeps popping up and eating it. Wasn't it why isn't anyone eating? I'm mostly the duck. Oh, oh, get out of here, you mangy cur! <laughs> well, then finally the woman comes and is... Can, can, I, can I do the Freezer bit first? Uh-huh. Oh, he's like... No one's eating the food. The pianist is too intrusive. <laughs> so he, he's getting so flustered yeah. about his party being wrong. Pretty much, kind of like me when I'm when I'm directing a short film. Yeah, or like you when you're trying to control me during a podcast. I'm trying to control any activity we're doing when you're involved in. That's me. You you remember when we had to film at that hospital? <laughs> yeah. How stressed I got. I do. I do. Well, it was. Thankfully, you weren't pissy at me. You were pissy at Scott. Oh no, just well, but even before that when we nearly couldn't, we didn't really think we were going to get to go because you had to go pick up your kids. 
We sorted it. Yeah, but I was pissy at the time. You made my child hide in a cupboard. I I just asked him to not stand away the camera. He chose to hide in the cupboard. Yes, I'm making him sound terrible now. Anyway, moving on. Yes. He'll have stopped for school by now, isn't he? Or is it? Hmm? Yeah, he's on holiday at the moment. All right. Okay. Anyway. Going into primary six after all this. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes. Anyway. Ah, so then the Martha Paxton arrives. She's bald as anything. Yeah, she's a, she's a strange, short, little bald one with a poncho. She looks, she looks like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. With a poncho. Yes, with a poncho. Well, she, she, and, she, and she uses the poncho excuse to not shake hands. I, I more so. I would disagree with your description there. I would more so say if. if Uncle Fester in drag, <laughs> I would say. All right. And you got to admit, right? He's like, he's like, may I take your poncho? He's like, no, I never take it off at parties. It gives me an excuse not to shake hands with people. And then we're led to Niall's part where he walks up. Ah, Miss Paxton, it's an honour to shake your hand. Oh, to shake anything of yours in honour. Okay, this jiggles your poncho. <laughs> So he sees the feet and Fraser's going on about it and like Oh 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 you thought like a bit he's like let I'm gonna let you describe it in your own words. The way you insinuate the palette. And he basically does it for her. And then she says, It's not hers. Yeah, it's not mine. No, no, you didn't paint it, you gave birth to it. I didn't do anything to it. And then I see this in my life. <laughs> and I, I love it when his dad leans over. And you thought I was going to embarrass Oh, yeah, because he was showing the woman the crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> she, she brought it up. Really, she brought it up. Stephanie Van Pelt brought up topics of a murdered hooker. Yeah, she said, aren't these Swedish meatballs the messiest thing you've ever seen? And I said, no, as a matter of fact. <laughs> anyway, all right, so then she was left. After she leaves, then she goes... Pissed off about yeah, it. He, he's all pissed off and sad. He's gonna. He, his dad offers to take it down for him because he knows how he, he's gonna act. And then he decides to go himself, and essentially he think he runs into a bull, a professional bill shitter at the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a professional con artist. Yeah. Who is just as he says, uh, popping him off. Uh, constantly telling him everything he wants to hear. Like he, he calls him and he, he gets his assistants like, oh look at it, it's a perfect Paxton. It's not. It certainly looks like one. It says as the market above. Martha Paxton said it wasn't a Paxton. Do you do you love his little assistants? I don't like him, but I like his little assistants. Right. You know, like the, the the guy and the woman are like, oh yes, Mrs. So and So so wanted that piece. But you're like, and, my God. But the best though, he said, Ah, oh, Martha, how is she? Is she She's still, still as a cringe job? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, I have to. Uh, the guy refuses to take it back, and he goes, I have to go. Why did I? Great, the freshly painted Rembrandt's just uh, arrived. You see, you're jumping about. He's like, he's doing his bit and face like, oh, oh, I see. Because I, the guy's like kind of fobbing him off, passing yeah. the dress away. And he's like, oh, I see. See, you're just leading me on. You're hoping I'll leave. Whatever you say. I'm out of sight. No, you're not out of sight. Are you sure? I am sure. I have half a, half a bottle of wine. Oh, sure, I'm in And I'll have an extra pound if I do wish to buy myself one. Sorry if I give you the sound of me opening the can. Hold yeah. the phone, hold the phone, would you? He's an alcoholic, people. Terrible alcoholic. Yeah, you finished the point line, isn't it? Where were we? You're talking about the guy fobbing him off. Oh, yeah, well, the guy's fobbing him off. And, um, you know, Fraser's getting noticeably flustered about this fact. And he's like, I am not leaving. I am not leaving. Whatever. And he's like, sorry, sorry, Dr. Crane. I have to go. 
What? Did a crate of freshly printed Rembrandts just arrive? I am not leaving. I am not leaving. And then, and then he comes up, up after he you. leaves. Hi. <laughs> this is good, actually. Yeah. May I, may I have a little sample? Yeah. I'm not usually a big fan of strawberry and lime, but uh, usually when a cobbler, but that's actually quite good. Oh. Lovely nose, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is tasty. It's probably sherbet. <laughs> Then he goes home, he dad he wants to phone the police and his dad puts him through I think through the fighting heart fraudulent division. Can can I just put a little note on this point, right? Fraser comedy online. But is what that gentleman in the art reality did not essentially a crime? Pretty much, yeah. It is fraudulent sales. Mm-hmm. So why? Martin Crane Fucking thirty-year decorated detective because it's kind not of, get that. It's kind of low down on the thing order crimes for. That's probably down because he he worked a lot. Of, he mentioned he worked a lot of murders and that. Obviously, so but yeah, so that to him that's kind of a low he down. Should know that is fraud. Because if he he got involved in them, we won't get the we get later on. But we'll get to that in a minute. But it, it is fraud. It is basic fucking fraud. Fraud and deception. You know, myself and Brian have had many a discussion over that particular episode. It's just a shame Brian isn't here for that. Yeah, and the legalities of, like, that particular part of it. You're like, how could that not be a fucking crime? He's fraudulently sold an artwork. And when the, when the, when the artist Martha Paxton said it's not what I mean, uh-huh. why the hell did she go to the fucking artist and go, you are fraudulently selling my shit and claiming it is my shit? You know? Well, the guy didn't. Well, the guy's not the artist, he's just the guy who sold it. We don't know who. who yeah, but paid. I mean, if you were an artist and you found out some dickwad was selling shit and claiming it was your stuff, you'd be like, hey! <laughs> hey, mother. Motherfucker, man! Yeah. If you're quite done with your rant, like, it's now. I'm as, good. And Martin puts it that people are too focused on murders and that. Murders and robberies and crime. But that is a fucking robbery! Yeah, but not. Anyway, moving on. We'll be here all day for... Yeah, yeah, but go on, go on. Then Niles and Daphne appear. Uh, Maris lost her, apparently lost her earring. And one of the best bits is she takes the other earring to try and get a sense of it to us. It's in Dr. Crane's room. No, it's in Martin's room. And it's down there. And then you see Eddie running across the ice. Obviously having eaten the earring. And then Rachel decides to take the wall into his own hands. And goes to throw a brick through the window until Niles appears to stop him. Yeah. And he uses the example of when... Uh, he uses the tale of when he was... He had his clothing <laughs> stolen from a locker. Hold on. Oh, I've jumped the gun a little. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Jock when they were looking for the earring. She was looking very good. Maybe, maybe she dropped it when everybody stampeded for the exit. No one stampeded! <laughs> they were good guests. They knew when to leave. And that Niles is just... Two hours early. <laughs> Good work, Fraser. Gives him where you frick. Then you think he lost. He got clothes stolen after he went to the shower at school, and he had to go to the goalpost, and his tail fell off. Yeah, and he he was naked on it, and the like the football coach laughed, and his his classmates laughed. And he went home and he cried. I was just close, he was close to pouring sugar in the in his coach's gas tank. Yeah, until Fraser stopped him, and he said, "Well, you look more robust when you sit in my chest." <laughs> And he mentioned if you were able to come, overcome that and all the nicknames. There were nicknames? There were nicknames. Oh, yes. Um, um, Peach Fuzz. Peach Fuzz. 
fuzzy. Okay. Oh. Many of them. Think Coach Cheswick came up with peach fuzz. Oh, and listen, now you said that Richard said them that if you act like a barbarian, you'll become a barbarian. Yeah. And then he, he, he goes into the bridge and else because he's getting things he's gone down there. And Niles no, throws it. Like, Nobody calls me Peach Fuzz. Oh, I'm a barbarian now. And then he goes but, through, he, goes, he throws money into the window. Into the window, he's just broken. He's like, we may be, by, we may be barbarians, but we pay for our pillaging. <laughs> and they make a favor, and then they see at the end, Peter finds the perfect place to hang the painting. In the back. Yep. Above the toilet. Yes, because it's shit. <laughs> We, we we brushed over a particularly funny line in the episode as well. As we tend to do. But um, if you recall the line, um, after Fraser is lamenting his rather bad party, and Daphne is trying to cheer him up, mm-hmm. and she says, You know, even before I knew that wasn't a Paxton, I liked that painting. <laughs> and personally, I don't think that woman behaves. <laughs> Also, uh, and at that same bit before she does, I think uh, Martin tried to see Fraser why he doesn't, why he doesn't ask Rose out. Yeah, she could definitely hold her liquor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what you, what you, the whole logistics of the the thing being a crime aside, what are you, what are you reading? Are you giving a thumbs down, oh, thumbs I up, did, thumbs down? I think this episode is a definite thumbs up. Yeah, me too. Definite. It is a fantastically funny episode. Weirdly, it feels a lot. Shorter, shorter an episode than usual. I think it's gonna move on quicker. Like, goes by like that. It does, but I'm not, I'm not aware of the season episodes are like that. Yeah, especially ones like this. Yeah, but it's a, it's a fantastically funny episode. Yeah, you know, it's a, a definite thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up for me too. Now the next one, I think I'm already gonna give away my rating for it. <laughs> is I preferred the last episode to this episode. It's called Call Me Irresponsible, aired October 28th. Call Me Irresponsible. By then, Paul was already nine, I believe. I was, I was nine. See, I'm doing it for you. But I was thinking I'd already give this a thumbs in. I'd already give this a thumbs in the middle. I mean, watched it earlier today. Thumb in the middle of what? Thumbs in the middle. <laughs> like the bar. Think the bar. No, I know. I know. <laughs> the bar. They are the bar. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, at the start. They're talking to I can't remember the guy who's phoning phoning in, but uh, he, he can't quite hear them. Hello? Oh, Hello? Yeah. We're on a 7-second delay. Tur- turn off your radio. Hello, can you hear me? Eventually it hangs up on him and he goes, People, will you turn off your radios? Mm-hmm. And Roger's like, No, 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 if you're calling in. People, will you turn off your goddamn radios? Oh, no, no, if you're calling in. <laughs> that guy, Marco, phones in. Talking about his girlfriend asking for a commitment and that. And he goes, uh, he said, he's only holding out till someone better comes along. Yeah, like, he's, he's a bit of a prick. Yeah, he's an ass. Yeah. And uh, Frieda rightly calls him out on that. He goes, do you, listen, do you hear yourself? No, I turned my radio off after he yelled at that other guy. I thought it was really good enough. Yeah. It, it sounds like someone. I don't know. Guy, please, my, I, I may look it up, but I don't know. I, may, not, I don't know. He's a guy that like, sounds a bit like Joe Pesci, but he's not Joe <laughs> yeah. Pesci. Well, given the amount of guest stars that have appeared in this, it wouldn't be too far to the it's possibility if it ended up being. It could very well be Joe Pesci, yeah. yeah. But it probably isn't. Uh, funny guy is Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. But go on. <laughs> uh, so then uh, he says, like, if you're not going to commit to then you better break it off the two. He's better for both of you. And then Roy goes into a bit of a rant about how all men are basically like Marco. He's like, what is it? He says, 
Roz, you've been around the block a lot. Have you <laughs> ever met a Marco? Oh, every guy's a Marco. What do you think, Seattle? Are there nice guys out there? Or is Roz destined for a life of lonely spinsterhood? It, 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 tune in again. This is Dr. Frisia Crane, signing off. Oh, I still love it when you include me in your show. Shmay's made of it, and Muppets Christmas Carol, thank you for making me a part of this. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. I love that film. I love that film, too. We, I, we, gushed, we gushed about it. Can I quote one quick line? Light the lamp, not the rat! Light the lamp, not the rat! I knew that was going to be the lightning. <laughs> People already know, if you've listened to our Christmas episode earlier, back in December, you already know how much we love that film. We gushed Great about it. Yep. Oh, let's cheers on that one. Let's cheers. Yay! Listen, is Rambo and be alcoholics. Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we? What's this turned into? An alcoholic ramble. And, uh, and you know, and weirdly, we have like four or five episodes until our Christmas special, which we're, we're probably going to be talking about in the middle of summer. Oh, my Merlot is nearly done. I got a couple of glasses worse than there, I reckon. I know, I can't believe I've nearly turned a bottle during the podcast, though. I'm sorry I'm an alcoholic, people. Kinda. Yeah. Anyway. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. We're in my living room. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, actually, they're taking their Christmas card photo early, even though it's October, and they uh, setting up, and Fraser's just waking up for his nap, and they walk in to hear them singing. He's like, how long have I been sleeping? <laughs> Look, remember back in the day where I just shove a couple of Christmas wares on Fraser and Niles and show them on the spool of the car? <laughs> he's like, look here, the thing is Santa's got on He's like, gives them the elf hat and Niles Martin puts on his. And Fraser says, Fraser refuses to wear that. And you see Martin with his wee face and he's hell. And I'm like, yeah. if you don't, it looks stupid. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, oh, he's like, oh, heart face. Like, I am not wearing this. What my reputation? If you don't, it looks stupid. <laughs> and he's like, huh? Oh, the ship has sailed on that one. And the best one that is, Daphne goes, Noise, please don't fight. Do you not know what day it is? It's October 22nd. <laughs> and then he goes, Sorry to call you a scum, but it's 23rd. He says October 23rd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be so pedantic about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good lord. Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> you already said that. <laughs> I know I'm drunk. <laughs> this is a good show, isn't this? Yeah, it's a good show. It's been a good show. It's a good show. Anyway. I have no idea how long we've been talking shit. Who knows? <laughs> but anywho, I, we were talking about before we started recording. I thought we'd be done by now. No, we're still but going. We get we get past his little rant about taking the Christmas photo on his back, doing his. Oh, this oh, first, they set the timer on the show, and then Eddie pops up in his wee reindeer helmet. Yeah, yeah. And I back in the show. Back in the show, and I think a, is it Rosiglin says like, "Oh, there's a, there's a woman out there wanting to see you." Like, please save me from my adoring fans. Thunder are in Caesar. Like, I'm right. from the adorable ones. He's like, "Well, how would you like me to sign it? How about, uh what is it she says to him? Uh, you horrible fraud or something like that." I goes. That's different from the usual best regards. Yeah, that's different from the usual best regards. He's like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna take consequences for what you do to your listeners. He's like, Marco broke up. He said you, he said you told him to break up with me. And he's like, oh, Marco, Marco, who was just staying with you until someone better came along. He said that. He said to him, also Seattle. Apparently, you're the only one didn't hear. 
and then she gets upset and she's all and Fraser is he's being sympathetic exactly. while also while also covering up the microphone. Yeah, like, this is a place of business. It's a business here. But yeah. he, he goes out and he tries to be honourable. So, tries to control. So it makes me think of the, the Christmas. Ooh, I love business. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so he's trying. He's trying to be yeah. consoling and try to help her. He's like, "Can I? Can I get you anything? A water? A M and M's? What kind? Peanut or chocolate? Yeah, whatever kind you like. Peanut. Okay. I so he goes to the vendors. I hate peanuts in general. I hate yeah. peanut M and M's. I actually quite like peanut M and M's, but they're not my favourite. My favourite are the crispy M and M's. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, Yours? Original. Uh-huh. I like that. I have a terrible habit with original M&M's just opening them and pouring them into my fucking mouth. I, I very much like chocolatey M&M's. Anyway, but, but one of the reasons this, this uh, <coughs> I find this a fun in the middle is a lot of the scenes between, as Frieder is often with certain relationships, especially this one, well, the scenes between him and her are quite awkward, <laughs> I find. Like, oh, yeah. this, I mean, he, he does console her, and then he suddenly, he suddenly he gets depressed as well when he's reminded. Oh yeah, he's divorced doesn't, as well. Doesn't Fraser a lot in the first couple of seasons seem awkward a lot of the time though? Yeah. Because he, he... And I hate to say it, because I mean, I know he's a psychiatrist, blah blah blah, has his degrees and all that shit, but at a sort of social level, he always seems so fucking awkward Yeah. around, not just women, but he just seems socially awkward. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it takes at least until about season four to become... You know, normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but um, so he's consoling her, and then that little funny bit that I was like, it's like, it's like, gives her like, oh, you like the yellow ones too, huh? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, people tell you are just the same, but they're not. <laughs> you know, and I actually agree with him on that one. I do. It may just be a mental thing, but I think different, I think you've convinced yourself. Different coloured M and M's have a different thing to them. I don't, but okay. Shut up. <laughs> You're wrong. We will fight over this one. We've been, we've nearly fought over many things. And I've won most of them. <laughs> I will take your long hair and strangle you with it. My hair is so long I can make a necklace out of it now. Anyway, so you have that awkward thing with the M&Ms where... And then they end up going, they end up going out. I want to move on from that. Yeah. We're doing the weird thing where we're reading each other's hands, which I've never palms, which I've really never got. Oh, but beautiful hands to it. Almond-shaped nails. You really see all of that? <laughs> like, you think he's talk- yeah. she's talking about her hands? Yeah. You think he's talking about her hands, but she's talking about his hands. But yeah. You go up, she goes to each scene, time you go, they're making plans for their own to and he can change, change, he goes, oh no. Don't change. Perfect the way you are. And then, oh. He's tired, Kathy goes, oh. He's like, oh, come on, it's been a while. The best bit of the episode, in my opinion, Niles walks past the window like, oh, man. Like the first thing he's facing, and then when he leaves, he goes, I spent the usual, usual question, like, say, who was that, Bayho or Emma? He's, he's so awkward about that. <laughs> they end up talking, they end up like a couple of giddy children, like, yeah. so, have you? No. No. We're talking about the same, yes. Sex, right? <laughs> yes, of course, sex. But, yeah. when, but then Fraser explains that she was a girlfriend of a caller, and, and when Niles, I, when Niles hears that, he throws his sugar packet all over the table in disgust and shock. And he tries to talk about my bit. Uh, it's unethical. Can I do a bit, Fraser? 
Where are your ethics? <laughs> as long as your conscience is clear, I'm not sure mine would be. <laughs> Isn't that the same episode when we discussed taking a dollar from my mother's purse? Yeah, but we'll get to that. Oh, I do apologize. So, so yeah, back to the, it walks into the studio and uh, Roger reminds him, uh, Marco is on line one, he goes, two, he goes, Marco? Uh, oh yeah, another guy who's... I don't want to talk to Marco right now. Who we have on line three? We have Todd. Oh, we well, just we lost Todd. Luckily, we still have Marco. And Marco says he's seen his girlfriend at X-Weight with some other guy. Some fat guy. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't say Just some guy in a black BMW goes, Get a look at the guy. <laughs> it says like he's wondering if he made a mistake and then Fraser. I think he made a mistake. No, no, um, maybe he should find a new girl. Move to a new state. Find out why everyone's talking about Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's like, you don't want her back, you just don't want anyone else to have her. It's just jealousy. And you see Niles in the car on the way to pick him up. Here in his... Yeah. Right. I, I don't need you for anything, Niles. Oh, by the way, my car's in Japanese, you can be right home. <laughs> and Ross just looks after he hangs up like, what? Yeah. And uh, you get in the car and I was I didn't mind. A few blocks out of couple miles out of my way during rush hour. What What is the girl's name again? Catherine. Catherine. It's like, yeah, Marco's up. Captain is mine now. Yeah, he was there. Uh, I can't listen to your show today. He's a bit ethically, who Fraser always feels physically ill. When they, when they talk about uh, when they breach their ethics. Remember the time we we stole a dollar from a man's purse? We left a hell of a trail back to the treehouse that day. That's, that's, we left a gruesome trail back to the treehouse <laughs> that day. <laughs> then Fraser said it. Imagine. Uh, so yeah, I created you on one word there, like you created me a one date earlier on. Well, there you go. We'll both, we'll both have a little tit for tat there. You're being a tit there. You're being a tat. Not even a word. Well, there you go. <laughs> but Freezer says it, it, it's not against it because he hasn't felt physically sick. Yeah. And he goes, no, this is in your car. Yeah, but Freezer might got me a hell of a deal on the lease. Are you expecting me a handkerchief in the, in the glove compartment? <laughs> so Niles is studying and hits his nose, please. And then again, Fraser on his date hits it with what I think he, he tends to hit it a lot when he's on his, especially when he's on his dates. Something I, I think I refer to, given that he has a son, I refer to his da pato. Da pato? Aye, he's got a dad pato. <laughs> like when he says, it'll be the Lafitte. Lafitte, don't fail me now. Oh, God. Ugh. You, you kind of cringe when you hear a lot of it. Yeah. And he tries to have sex where, and no matter where they go, he always fight, he always goes, Ugh. I, I, My favourite scene is, uh, well, I have two in that particular, like, run through, when they're in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and you see them sort of dip down behind the counter. Oh, but although, they, although when she, sort of, with the idea of having sex in the kitchen, he drops the plates and you hear them smash, goes, well, dishes are done. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we go into our, you know, our thing. Mm-hmm. And they dip down behind the kitchen counter, and then you hear Fraser going, <laughs> and you're like, oh god. And then he's like, oh no, no, it's just the kitchen. And then they fall into Martin's chair, and he's like, I thought five days ago. And he's like, I'm not going to be out down by an easy chair. <laughs> and then he's like, again. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, damn, it wasn't a fish. <laughs> So he, he goes through all these mm-hmm. things. He goes through the kitchen, the chair, his chair near the window. And then ultimately he realises 
It's not. It's his ethics. It's nothing it's to do. It's ethics making him sick. And he has to explain to Douglas, and he says, "She goes. What so you're saying? The fire thing says to me makes you physically sick to your stomach. Yeah, but don't take it personally. <laughs> yes. He explains everything, and like you can't, maybe can't do it no matter what happens. And I, she I, gets. I do love her response. So she's like, "Oh, well, that's just perfect." We were going to have sex, and I mean great sex. Illegal in 48 states kind of sex. But oh no, you've got your ethics. So you're fine. Oh, and by the way, the fish was dry. Oh, that was a cheap shot. And that's a cheap point. And just to show how invested I'm sure that you and I went, <laughs> when, she, when she said the fish was dry. Like, how? Yeah, you don't care about the fish, the, the sex. But when she mentions a fish, you're like, poor Fraser. How dare you, bitch. Yeah, I, just, I love Ted's response. Like, oh, that was a cheap shot. They're like, say, I'm, say my ethics are crap, but don't slag my cooking. So then he goes to down, and Eddie pops up and stares at me as he's usually wanted to. Oh, Eddie, all you have to worry about is someone to feed you, someone to walk you, and someone to take you to bed. Or is it something like that? He's only the walking and feeding, but yeah, well, the walking and feeding is like I won't have to worry about those kind of things for another forty years. <laughs> and the credits roll as we see some of the photos that they took earlier on for the Christmas cards. Yeah, <laughs> that little end yeah. piece. Yeah. So, my two actually actually two scenes, but and the ones in Catherine are worse than the one in the car with him and Niles. Uh, I would definitely give this a thumbs because it's not bad, but I just feel some of the scenes between him and. Are slightly awkward. So you would definitely say a, a thumbs, middle. Thumbs in the middle. Thumbs in the middle. What would you say? Well, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say, I'd probably say middle to up. Middling to up. Middling to up. I'm a little more positive on that episode than you, because I mean it might the scenes between him and uh, Catherine. Catherine may be a little awkward, but the episode itself isn't a bad episode. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are some. Oh, I know, I know, but it, it's not in any way a bad episode. I'm still laughing at now. Was the who was that Bible runner? <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing at herself when yeah. they give a thumbs up. <laughs> you know, but it's. I mean, you you know how you talk a lot with him about Niles being the strength of a lot of episodes. Yeah, Niles is definitely the strength in that episode because yeah. he has a lot of the pure comedy moments in that episode. You know, because a lot of it is just. A lot of it is Niall's facial expressions mm-hmm. and his mannerisms in the yeah. episode that just really push it for you. Like like I said, when, when Fraser talks about her being a uh, girlfriend of a patient yeah. and he's holding the sugar packet and uh. the minute Fraser says patient, he goes, he <laughs> <laughs> freaks out, you know. Like those little things really push it for me. Yeah. You know. Uh, so yeah, wrap quickly, I just want to say, uh, also fall as well as us fall eat sleep suplex retreat at suplex retreat because my brother posted the episode last week the best of 2018 so far yeah so episode, uh, we're in there right we're the best of 2018 let's talk about best matches dang <laughs> yeah there's something about eat sleep suplex retreat I'm gonna tell you off <laughs> anyway yeah they're doing a bunch of shows they've got uh, this tomorrow night um, my brother is on it neither am I sadly but uh, best entrance themes the following week they've got Glow looking back on the TV show Glow and uh, on the July 18th I'm going to be back on looking back at last year's May Young Classic 
Uh, no, which was very quickly called something else. Oh, that was a different one. That was, that was the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royale, and then we changed to WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Ah, this is the Mae Young one. Fabulous Moolah was a bitch. Yes, Moolah was a bitch. Ah. I stand corrected. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to look out for that, and uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast, at Twitter at SB Rambling, follow me at scottmccloud1986. That's it. And you can check out, I do some articles about NXT and the chair shop. Um, and also look at Podomy. I do a bunch of different articles. Just go up to the top where it says blogs and look for Scott Squared Circle. And then essentially all my articles will be there. I started, I started doing some reviews on that, say, for ICW shows I go to. And pretty soon, pretty soon I'm sure Scott will enlighten me with the Twitter page, in which case... In the well, well that depends if you want a Twitter page. Well, in the near you haven't shown much interest in them. I am, I am opening up to the possibility. I would like to I would like to discuss matters with our listeners. Yeah. So, in the near future, you will be able to discuss with both myself and Scott. I can tweet out from the main page, follow Paul at this game, and everybody who follows us can go follow you. Indeed. Because mm-hmm. I, I would be happy to chat and discuss with our listeners. Yeah, we started in... Anyway, I hate I hate the fact that you're facing all the all the front of it yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to. Plus, uh, in, if, you prefer, if you're watching a pay per view live, you can tweet out live and use the hashtag of the pay per view and get interaction. People who are looking for the hashtag will see your tweet and you'll get interaction because that's why I get. And, and people, once once Scott particularly explains to me exactly what the fuck a hashtag is, I'll be cool. It's very hard to explain what a hashtag is. Yeah, I just thought that, 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 little, that little pointless symbol on your phone. Yeah, you put a hashtag and then you put a thing there and people can look for the hashtag. There's plenty of time to explain this post-show. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, when, I, when I've been live-tweeting for previous on the main show, uh, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going rocking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I've been yeah. live-tweeting for, this, for, this, for our main page, I, uh, I've got a lot of good feedback for people. Like, oh, okay, interaction with people. Do you get any good feedback in regards to me? Because they don't know it's you who is... I really should be at the end, Scott, so they know who's tweeting from the page, because each tweet's like, whoever is doing a, a tweet for a particular match, but at the end, whose name it is that's saying in the, the tweet. No one cares about me. Because they don't know it's you. <laughs> I, I am a valid part of this show. I know. You're 50% in this show. Damn right. It's Scott and <laughs> what, what is this... I was talking about Twitter a minute ago. Doing a pause event on the other. Just tell us your music choice so we can get the fuck it. Oh, my music choice, okay. Where the hell is my phone? So I remember my music choice. Where the hell is my phone? Ram the one and I can find it. Is this it? Thank you. Oh, oh, it was a great radio. That was. Yeah, Hold on. Hold on. Sorry if I'm plugging a bit too much. It feels like I'm plugging too much or I'm mentioning other shows, but. It really is good stuff. You should go check it out. If you're, if you're a fan, if you're a fan, of, if you're a fan of wrestling, wrestling or just a fan of podcasts or articles in general, just yeah. Can I listen to far too many podcasts at the minute? You never listen to too many podcasts. You're a good one. Everyone likes you, Scott. Thank you. Did that guy I blocked during takeover? Ah, you should find a very weapon. Punch him in the dirt. My cho- my give, give him a Nakamura. <laughs> yeah. My choice of song for this week is Harlequin by Violet Chachki. Harlequin by Violet Chachki. Violet. Violet Chachki. Violet Chachki. 
Harlequin. Okay. That's my song. It's a very fucking good song. I'll take your word for it. I've never heard it, but okay. Well, I will let you hear it. It's very good. Okay, then. Anything else to say before we sign off? Are we gone? Well, I will say thank you for listening. I feel, and I hope you listeners feel, that we have done a very good show this week. Okay, so except for that rambling a few minutes ago about Twitter and hashtags and what the fuck well, they are. Regardless of that, I think we have done very well. We've, we've been very informative and fun this week. Yeah, sorry, I had to stand up, stretch my legs there. And send for two of them. I, I, would say, I would go as far as to say this has been the best one we've done in a while. We've done very well this week. Yeah. Been very informative, very funny, and I've gotten very drunk. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a good one. So, yeah, like I said, follow us on Twitter, maybe on Facebook. And then. Uh, yeah, it's an all good podcast and sites. No, we're not on Spotify yet. Leave us alone. But we will be. And can I do it one more? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. You want psycho? You got it. <laughs> no. Nah.